Hello there and welcome to another episode of Ruben's podcast. A show where I speak to people about their lives over the last decade and the lessons they've learned along the way. On today's show I'm chatting with Amrita. I met Amrita back in 2010 and we were classmates in college. After graduating, she went on to do her masters in economics and started her journey towards becoming a civil servant. Something she wanted to do ever since she was 5. We chat about her experiences giving the UPSC exam, which is one of the country's most competitive exams, and experiences working for the revenue services. We deep dive into the life of a civil servant and discuss things like the importance of reputation, bribes, corruption, hierarchy, tax rates, and much more. Before we start, a quick announcement. I'm hosting a small reunion for Stephanians this coming Saturday, the 23rd of October. It's virtual, so you can dial in from anywhere and I promise you it's not going to be another Zoom call. You can find the event link in our show notes or on our Instagram. With that, let's get into today's conversation. your second jab of covid yeah yes i am finally fully vaccinated finally. i have to get something stuffed into my nose every time i want to travel yeah <laughs> so i'm very happy about that and you just got the jab so you haven't sort of I, had the yeah just just got it like an hour back well i i hope you don't feel sort of horrible during the conversation but yeah i think t- tomorrow is when you'll start feeling pretty bad yeah good timing then good timing <laughs> better recording this awesome before we get in I just wanted to sort of give everybody a summary of what you've been up to over the last 10 years. Sangrita and I were classmates um in college. We both studied economics together. And right after college you went to do a masters. Did that for about 2 and a half years and then to to do that for about 2 years. Um uh, what was the masters in? Like this masters in economics, yeah. MA. Oh, so vanilla economics. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then and then like the scores of people in the country you managed to you decided to give the upsc exam and you cleared it in your first attempt yeah yes wow like that people were like is that even possible well it's possible <laughs> you did that and you, and you joined the then the services and you've been like working at the services ever since yes so this is my first and only job this is your first and only job yes how, how are you liking your first and only job so far Actually this is something I've wanted to do since I was 5. I wanted to be in the civil services since I was 5 years old because I belong to a services background family. Mm. So I've seen people in my family do it and I thought okay this is what I want to do. So even when I was in college in Stephens even in when I was in school I was quite clear on okay this is my aim. This is what I'm going to do. This is why I'm doing economics. One because I love the subject, second because it is an optional in the exam that you take um and that's why i also went for masters in jnu because they have a more um, as compared to say dsc or mm. any other place or abroad because the syllabus of masters in jnu and in stephens matches the sort of syllabus that upsc exam has i never knew this in college that you wanted to do the like the services you were not very vocal about this when you were when you were back in college right? i was very vocal in school So mm. and I was made fun of it for really? a lot. Ki acha, this is what you want to do. How simple do you think it is, and all of that. So then, when I moved to college, I decided that, and I also saw that there are like a hundred different things that you can do. I mean, once you reach college, you sort of get exposed to multiple things. Correct. 
So that was a time when I was deciding whether I want to do or not. But by the time we entered third year, I was back on it. You know, this is what I want to do. So yeah. by third year, I joined coaching also mm. for it. So in in the mornings and afternoons, I was in college, and in the evenings, I used to go for coaching. Wow! Like so you've basically been planning for this since you were five. Yeah, I I haven't been doing anything for it <laughs> since I was five. I started doing things since third year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I wanted to go into this field since I was very young. And now that you've been in this field, like, is it everything you had dreamt and hoped for? So nothing is ever what you dream and hope for. I mean, mm. because uh, every at the end of the day, it is a job, and every job has its pros and cons. Yeah. So for me, the pros outweigh the cons. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy my life. I enjoy the sort of work that I get to do. I enjoy the sort of people i get to deal with and uh, uh it's funny of, it's funny you said the word that I, I i enjoy the people i get to deal with rather than interact with <laughs> no no uh, half of my job is dealing with people half of it is interacting with people okay uh, yeah and uh, rest of it the like the office environment is pretty much similar to the people i like the friends that i talk to there is some there's always some petty politics there is always some friendships that come out of it there's always some one competitor that comes out of it so <laughs> that's all pretty similar but of course it's more hierarchical and organization so yeah. hierarchy is very strict and people are very different like mm. people from every strata of society are there acting as your bosses and acting as your colleagues and acting as your juniors so it's like a mixture of uh, i don't know it's it's not like i'm dealing with only one type of people and i was in bangalore so i got to see people from the south of india and work with them which i wouldn't have done had i been like in any other sort of field uh, or i would have stayed in delhi from the beginning of my career that's not what happened i ended up in bangalore so that was also quite fun so you started the entire process of applying for the upsc in about 2014 so this is roughly about yes. you know a year after we graduated the entire process took about 10 10 11 months um, yes so 2013 i think mid 2013 we graduated and like september october i started with masters and um, so upsc is a 10 11 months process so there is prelims that is generally typically july august then uh, if you clear that then there is mains which is november december mm-hmm. if you clear that then there is an interview uh, that is uh, february march and the results come by july june july got it so, so june july 2015 uh, is you probably yes. got the result and you also finished your yeah. masters it was great timing yes i got my masters degree and a week later i got my like results so i didn't have to take the stress of oh my god what am i going to do next i was preparing for the second attempt but i mm-hmm. didn't have to thankfully oh yeah so talk about set- second attempt you you cleared the exam in the first attempt yeah and yeah i think i've i spoken on the podcast about this before about this upsc exam i think like thousands hundreds and thousands of people lakhs of people give this exam a handful are selected mm-hmm. you did this process mm-hmm. you've been clearly you know you went for coaching you were studying very hard for it Now that you've yeah. gone through the exam, what do you think about this exam? Like, is, and now that you work in the services, I'm curious to know if you think it's a good way of, of you know, segregating people, of deciding which people should be working in in the services versus who who should yeah. not be working in them. Yeah. So, of course, this is a legacy era exam, right? We have we have sort of inherited it from the Britishers. 
and it that continues today so the sort of things surprisingly with my year 2014 that i gave it the pattern changed okay so the pattern before that was different pattern from 2014 changed or 2013 changed that um, instead of having like two optionals you had one optional mm. so okay so prelims is like a check check wala mcq, thing, MCQ. Mm. and uh, so there are now two exams in prelims one is your normal gk mm -hmm. and one is your english and maths we call it csat that mba and all also have so that is quite basic that is to filter out i think the basic level of knowledge and that is uh, ncert level of exam basically like your 6th to 12th ncerts so and mass uh, mains is the most like most annoying and the most like there is essays there are like six papers that you have to give in eight papers you have to give in four days and it's the most i don't know if it is the best way or not but i do know that for people like me who are into academics who are into like reading and studying and enjoy that part aspect of it and enjoy giving examinations there are two types of people some people who just love stud love to study for the knowledge of it Correct. I love to study so that I can clear an exam. Wow. <laughs> I realize that makes me sound very stupid but <laughs> I study because I know an exam is coming up so I'll study for it and I'll clear it. So I was always very interested in the sort of like the concepts that they ask you in this exam. It sort of creates your basic knowledge about your country and a basic knowledge about it, the world. M much more in depth about the country and very like upar upar ka about the world so it sort of tests your um, ability to uh, okay how do i put it so if an exam is there there are 25 questions 200 words each you have to write complete it in i think two and a half hours and the questions can be about just about anything right if the paper is about your polity and all of that so it can be just about anything from like the legislature system of us to legislature system of india to anything so your ability to put your thoughts in concise form to ability to filter out your thoughts and to find out what is important from the huge like like we had like an almira full of books that you studied for the last 6 months to know what is important that is what that exam tested for me and the optional is always some like optional for me was economics wherein i scored the highest the other paper i papers i didn't score very well but economics i scored quite well so that is the reason why i ended up clearing the mains had i scored average i would not have cleared so uh, but because of economics because of two things because of our college ki padhai and also because of jnu professors being very kind and telling me how to go about the upsc exam i could prepare well for it economics also helped me in the service that i now am in which was like my second or third choice but now because it's a, it's a tax based service that i am in now so it helped me a lot interview is uh, interview it's a very interesting thing everybody oh, what was your interview like like what did they ask you yeah so every person i've talked to has had a different like interview for me it was um, a very i was very relaxed i've always been interested in interviews so i was very relaxed and i was very chill because of, uh, because of something my dad said before the interview it's very funny he said if you don't get this it's not like it's the only job in the world right so you'll do something else your thoda dimag hai you can you'll do something else and you'll do something good so just enjoy the interview 
so at the end of the day it was just a conversation about my interest in economics why it was there and what sort of books i had read about it and um, uh, one person on the board was from stephens so he asked me about rotash bhai rotash ஒருத்தாஜ்ஜிங்ஸ்டில்ஸ்டில்ஸ்டில்ஸ்டில்ஸ்டில்ஸ்டில்ஸ்டில்ஸ்டில்ஸ்டில்ஸ்டில்
but then at that time i was uh, writing i was supposed to write my mains so i had mm. to give them a decision and i told them i'm writing upsc so they were like oh then if you clear you're not going to join <laughs> so i said no no that's not it like no no do you go <laughs> don't waste our spot time <laughs> yeah well they got it right you did you did sort of clear it you did decide to join um, and you said yeah. that you were had you got a rank which allowed you to choose between the three so no i, I didn't choose i wasn't allowed to choose oh you weren't allowed uh, to choose so before you write the exam you're supposed to give a list of your preferences so the first one was ias the second one was uh, there are two indian revenue services one is the income tax branch okay. that is the direct taxes then the other one is the indirect taxes branch so the second one was income tax and the third one was customs and gst got it so i got customs and gst got it got it got it so my rank did not allow me the first and second choice it allowed me the third choice got it and i know i've seen at least on facebook at least some people they are like oh i didn't get like my first choice so i'm going to give the exam again did that cross your mind a lot of people do do that but again you know i was in a hurry i was the youngest person to like in my batch i i had cleared it in my first attempt and if i had like given the exam again i would have been like i was 22 when i cleared it i wanted to be i would have been 23 20 i didn't want to lose that advantage number one number two revenue service is very good right mm-hmm. had i gotten maybe some other service maybe i would have thought of giving it again but the moment it became clear that i'm getting revenue yeah so i was like okay no 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 more i'm done so like you said you were 22 when you cleared this exam and yes. after say you finished your training and all of that you would have been 23 24 when you started like yes. working yes so it so happened that for like five or six of us in the 2015 batch list our joinings were delayed because of some technical issue it's a very long story it's very boring some technical issue so we could not join with the 2015 batch training okay so we ended up joining with 2016 batch training so basically training was supposed to start in december of 2015 but i started training in december of 2016 so for that one year i was uh, we have academies right every service has an academy where they train you so we four or five of us were posted in that academy to learn the you can call it an internship at the company you are trying to join so but but my question but my, my question was slightly different so hmm. assuming for the guys hmm. who say forget like what assuming this technical difficulty did not happen hmm. or even the other hmm. people who are in your batch or anybody um they cleared it at 22 23 and your like your first sort of posting your first job was like an assistant commissioner and what you mentioned is you were responsible for like tax so you were in the revenue service you were posted to bangalore you were you were you were, you were playing the role of an assistant commissioner um yes. i will remember like when i was in school we used to have annual days and the dc used to come <laughs> so i'm yeah, assuming you're, is... you're something similar now to that I'm, now i'm dc now you're the dc uh, so you go for annual annual school annual functions for schools abhi nobody's called not yet or oh, shit they're, they're losing out <laughs> somebody anyway. called me in uh, bangalore but not here wow so they give you flowers and the kids will play the drums yeah. and all of that it was very nice it was dance oh my god food. that's crazy <laughs> and but the most important thing is that You are managing tax revenues of about five hundred or a five thousand. You you don't five thousand. I checked five thousand crores per year. A twenty-three year old. Yes. Uh, so twenty-four. Uh, Let's be twenty-four like, year old. Twenty-four, twenty-four and a half. So what happens is that um, 
okay you get a field posting it's the the like i told you that your rank is assistant commissioner from the minute you join the service so for the first 4 years you are assistant commissioner then you get and, promoted and to can you describe to me where that like where does assistant commissioner sit in like the hierarchy of of like you know i don't know a state or a city or a district you know, so it's different from service to service so um uh ias would start as an assistant secretary the same as assistant commissioner the, the they would be like the sdm or in charge of a block of the city so we similarly we are in charge we are given a jurisdiction so in bangalore it's pin code based in i think delhi it's area based ki matlab sarojini nagar aapka south delhi mein saket aapka all of that so every unit that is in that jurisdiction their tax administration is with us so whatever uh, like their whatever returns they file you also run a business you would know you file Correct. returns My so God. it's painful uh, so the, uh, it is it is and the assessment of those returns and checking if they're correct or not if the party is facing any problem then we are the people they come to got it got it so we are the vertical which is like the most involved with the unit if there are any refunds that they have, that have to be given refunds is like the main huge thing that is also under us so uh, the hierarchy mein i am the first level of person that the party meets i have a team of about 20 people when i get posted and so those 20 people run that jurisdiction so three pin codes you're you're clocking in 5000 crores of revenue do you have targets and it wasn't the biggest and it wasn't the biggest one in bangalore i was no no bangalore is a huge city so but do you get targets no. like hey this year we have to close like 5000 crores amrita make it happen no so every company would be filing their returns anyways right so at by we do have targets based on what our previous years collection of revenue was mm. so we are supposed to look into like wherever there can be where there's not so they're not paying and if they're delayed in filing you sort of tell them that okay no you file on time this is what you are supposed to do that sort of thing not not the target is not ki bhai you have to force somebody to pay <laughs> correct <laughs> whatever whatever is eligible has to be paid and i'm sure you had cases where people come to you and they try to bribe you and things like that has that happened okay so uh, no no because you choose the type of officer that you are and you make it very clear from the first day itself and with the changing world and the changing scenario it's not like how we like you we used to visualize how the Correct. services are you bring the that, a suitcase you know, and you just leave yes, it there yes that there is chai pani hai and all of that that's not how it is anymore it is it's tax facilitation now you know it's tax fair facilitation rather than administration if you use the word administration it's not taken very like it's all ease of doing business so you are there to facilitate them baki of course there are people who misuse it but that is far and few the image continues i don't like it's it's common knowledge that the image continues but it's not true from what i have seen and i have been very clear in the sort of work that i will do what is expected of me i will do it for the salary that i get and sometimes i'll do more but i'll not do less because of any other reason of course there's a big commentary about about corruption and you know of course it happens everywhere um, do you think like seeing things from inside is it a bigger problem than people make it to be or do you think it's actually not yes. that bigger problem and the reality is much like better than what people make it to be from the outside yeah in my experience in my experience have you heard that quote that one bad apple ruins the entire thing yeah it's that mm. it's that 
if if in my office i i mean i have a team of 40 if i have a team of 40 people we are working together one person is bad no then if one person is bad it tarnishes the the reputation of everybody else of that organization those 39 people might be working very hard might be spending their days and nights but if one person is trying to do something wrong or succeeding in doing something wrong it sort of ruins it for everybody it's very annoying actually from the inside it's very annoying because you're like okay no i'm spending my days and nights and staying in office till 11 pm to do this work and bahar people are saying you know these people don't work they're so lazy they ask for money it's <laughs> it's very it's very demoralizing but at the end of the day you realize your um, your job description is civil servant how, how how do you deal with that i'm sure like a lot of people must have like said this to you or at least not directly to your face it must be you know whispering or the first thing that i hear when i mention that i'm in customs and gst is oh can you get us those daru ki botling from the airport <laughs> that is the first thing that i hear my god and and i'm like no i can't i'm sorry <laughs> it's not going to happen it's not uh, how it, it it works it's just that there are always some perks of being in the organization that you are i mean if you are in a uh, like a company that does i don't know painting then if it happens at your house you'll get a 10% discount so if i go to uh, at the airport if i'm posted at a port of course i'll have uh, some sort of benefits to the fact that it's a government job but it's not uh, it's not as horrible as people or as enticing as people make it out to be it's not it's very like a very grinding job it's very very grinding job high responsibility and high accountability nowadays at least for the last 15 20 15 years or so if you look at the like the people who are actually working it's high responsibility and then high accountability also that your it's not like you take a decision and it may not come back tomorrow to bite you mm, it does it does, it does. Mm. even for the people who do wrong it's not like they are not never punished in their career they end up getting punished because in our services in 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 bureaucracy your reputation matters so at the end of the day where you reach is not about the sort of postings that you've had is not about the sort of um, i don't know how much marks you whatever it's about your reputation that carries and you build it in the first 10 years i've noticed like the people who we talk about we talk about good people honest people on the basis of that work they've done in the first 10 15 years it, it's very very scary mm. <laughs> sometimes well, what's the most stressful part of your job if you like among all the other things which what, what would you classify as the most stressful part of your job oh my god people management and what Not does that work. mean work is very simple work there is a book called this act you have to follow the act people management because when you enter the job as a 23 24 year old you suddenly have a team of sometimes 10 people sometimes 12 people who are who have been in the department for much longer than you are there are like 40 year old 50 year old people uh, and you are their boss so dealing with them and uh, sort of being their leader and learning to be their leader somebody that they respect despite your lack of experience that that is a little difficult it took me some time to understand that i cannot be a friend also i cannot be a boss also i cannot be like i cannot be one thing i have to be everything in one so from bangalore to gurgaon when i shifted 
I found it easier in Gurgaon because I'd made my mistakes with the people in Bangalore. So I had sort of, you know, if I had become very casual with one person, they would not do the work that I'm expecting out of them. If I'm too strict with one person, my relationship with them is a little strained. So you have to find a little bit of a balance. So when I came here, I learned that better. Yeah, that's, I think, a really, really good skill. And I think, like, at least in not the government, I think the good, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but you're, you're basically thrown into the deep side of the pool and you've got to figure it out at a very young age. But um, yes. even yes. in other organizations, yeah. at least in startups, and from my experience, when we scale a lot, suddenly 23, 24-year-olds are suddenly managing teams and you're like, yeah. you, you don't know exactly. what to do, right? Um, exactly. Because what do you say? You know, what do you say? My first question as basic as it was, do I call him by name or do I call him sir or do I call him by his surname? What, what is the thing I do? So even that is like, that is the, like the most basic of things that we don't know immediately. Because till now, whenever we've grown up, people who are older, you call them uncle or sir or bhaiya. It's never, but since you are the person who's making decisions, you cannot, uh, like I would still call them sir or G, but like the, relationship is different you're the senior they're the junior so how do you refer to somebody who's like 50 year old has been in the service for like 25 years and he's Mr. Ashok like Ashok Ashok, Ashok Gupta Ji. Ashok, Ashok Ji. Ji. Yeah. Mm. yeah. and he will be like you know madam ma'am, ma'am. Mm. Yeah. but we have seniors also right so I'm pretty junior up in the chain of the IRS officers right now I've only had five years of service six years of service so we have like seniors above us some of them are, uh, some of them also call lady officers, ma'am, madam. They'll say, Amrita, madam, aap aisa kar dena type of thing. Some of them call you by name, some of them. That is. Do, do you find the entire thing too hierarchical? I've grown up in that environment, no? So I find it normal because like most of my family is in the services. So I found very normal. I was used to it. I was used to hearing it. Not for me, or with me, but I was used to hearing it. So it's sort of like comfort zone. That, you know, your boss, when I, when I pick up a call, if it's my boss, I don't say hello, I say sir. And then my conversation is sir, 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 yes, sir, 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 sir. It's, <laughs> it's that typical, you know, sarkari thing that people say. My husband makes fun of me for it. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's like, you say like 16 sirs in one minute. <laughs> <laughs> it has replaced the word yes. <laughs> it's implied like no, can no be an answer? Of course not. So no, no, no. In the sense, even if you have to say no, it's going to be sir, no, no, sir. No, no, no. Yes, sir, sir, sir. <laughs> so, <laughs> quite funny. It's, but it's, it's a requirement of the job. It's a legacy of the job, I think. It doesn't bother me though. Interesting. Is, is there one thing about the services which bothers you? Because clearly people who are not in it have a lot of problems with it. But as sort of yeah. somebody as inside and somebody who's like, I would say like maybe like a force, I wouldn't say force of change, but basically what the mm. services looks like in a hundred years from now is basically what mm. is going on in your mind and how you see the services evolve over time. But like other things that given that you've been working inside, you would like to see different? That's a very good question. I would have to think about it. Oh, but majorly speaking, it's just the whole bad apple and thing, right? Like, you know, because it this service doesn't, uh, it's a very equalizing thing, right? If I'm performing very well also, 
I would get the same salary as my counterpart who is performing horribly. Mm. Right. So you're it's it's like if you're not being punished for bad performance, you're not being rewarded monetarily at least for your good performance. You might get a good reputation. It might help you get better postings. It might help build your career in a better way. But the whole like uh, balance of good and bad is it's it's a very equalizing thing. If you if I'm sitting till 11 p.m. and working versus a colleague who's leaving at 5 p.m., it's not going to make a difference to how we get promoted, how we get our salaries. All of that is not there, but that's also necessary because then perception is also a thing in this. So, well, one thing I found super interesting, at least here in Singapore, um, mm. and sometimes I wonder how because like you and I sort mm. of went to class together um, mm. in terms of sort of just thinking about you know, earning potential, right? Or this like, you know, and I'm sure you think about yeah. it, you probably compare yourself to people who went to mm. business school and be like, oh, you know, they were just next to me and, you know, they're probably mm. making this much and I, I don't know how much civil servants make, but well, one thing I mm. sort of noticed here in Singapore is that um, mm. the gov- like the best of the talent uh, goes to work mm. in the government and yeah. they get paid r- ridiculously well. I think the government pays the most uh, as compared to jobs, uh, as compared to the private sector. Um, and I think India, yeah. of course, is slightly different because you can't do it because it's yeah. such a big country. But um, it's such a big country, it's such a big uh, number of people that are working for the government. The government is the biggest employer in India. So if you are the biggest employer, you have to give less salary, otherwise your entire <laughs> money will go into salaries. Yeah. They but they make up for it, right? Like I, when I compare with our college people only who must who are doing really well and uh, in every way, but especially monetarily. I sort of, I don't feel that I am, it's, it's a personal choice also, right? Like my balance, the sort of work that I get to do is different from the sort of work that they are getting to do. So the monetary difference sort of makes up for it. So uh, the sort of uh, like so-called uh, the level of involvement in the country's working is higher for Absolutely. us. Absolutely. So maybe right now I am not making decisions at policy level or whatever. I That's not going to be true for another 20, 25 years, but I may end up there if I want to, if I hone my profile that way, I may end up having a like an input into one small thing or one big thing. I don't know. So I like that potential more than I would like, you know, and I also like the job security. I like that, you know, I'm a very risk averse person. So like, I can't take uh, like risks very easily. So I, I, I like the job security. It's very, like my life is set <laughs> that way because I'm, I'm working hard at my job. So there's no like that, that I have to relax and not work. But at least when I'm working hard also, I know that it's going to lead to a paycheck at the end of the month. And the next month, and the next month. Yeah. Do, do you feel that that might make you complacent? Like you know, like oh, uh, like after you've been at it for about five years, and I think mm. the stuff you mentioned around you build a reputation mm. the first ten years. Yes. You know, there is a possibility yeah. of creating this. Oh, it's like yeah. you know, creates incentives to make sure you're bringing your A game. But I could mm. also see, and you know, people say this about Sargari Nokia. Yes. They come, they come, just you know, think that chai, they go home. You think that yes. you you do? Does that worry you that you might become like that? Okay, so the answer to that is that we keep getting 
postings changed, right? I'm not hmm. going to be in the same office for more than three and a half years hmm. at the longest. So wherever I go new, it is the work profile is going to be different. I may just call it customs and GST, but customs has like 15 verticals and GST has like 20 verticals and everywhere the work is different. Hmm. So wherever I go, I will have to learn something new. I might know the basics, but I will have to learn something new. So that would challenge me. Hmm. And I've noticed it in people that now they are looking for challenging things to do among my batchmates, among my friends who are in the services. They are looking to within their service, outside of their service to we can go on deputations to other departments. Right now Mm -hmm. I'm in the the revenue department. I can go to expenditure. I can go to textile. I can go to anything Mm -hmm. in my like 30, 35 year long career that I might have. Yeah. So there is no dearth of opportunities within the government also. So that will not let me be complacent because I may become an expert in the field that I am in right now, which is intelligence, but I don't know how audit works. Right. Mm. So I may end up in audit tomorrow and then three years from then I might end up in customs at the customs. I might be at port. I may be at airport. I may be at an inland port. We don't Mm. know. So everywhere the work is different. The basic content of the work will remain the same, Mm. but challenges, there's no dirt. So that stops you from becoming complacent. So you mentioned intelligence. So just as a rewind, your first posting was in Bangalore where you were overseeing administration of tax, facilitation of tax, facilitation uh, of tax, facilitation of tax, of crows of tax. And you got married in 2019. January, yes. January of 2019. And as a result of that, you wanted to sort of move uh, with your husband who was in in Gurgaon and you landed up in Gurgaon uh, to work on GST intelligence. Yes. So it now you <laughs> So now you would, we're going to move to people who are evading paying GST yes. and like catching yes. them and making sure they pay GST. Yes, that is that is the most simplest way I can put it in. And that is at the end of the day our job. So we have these intelligence organizations state-wise. So the jurisdiction is the entire state. So Gurgaon is the jurisdictional office for Haryana. So our job is Primarily to find situations where tax is being evaded. Tax can be evaded in two ways. One is somebody is deliberately manipulating their documents, their things, their like everything, their returns. Uh, that is, the, we call that the malafide. There, there's an intent to evade. So our fo- focus is on that. Wherever there is an intent to evade, so our point is to visit the company or to talk to the company people or the whatever it is and to tell them how you are evading it and this is what you are doing this is what I can prove that you are doing and then whatever their liability is to try to make them deposit it because whatever tax is supposed to come to the government and is not coming to the government is a revenue loss for the entire country so we need to make sure that it comes to the government mm. So when, when these like income tax GST rates happen, are you on those yes. rates? Yes. Yes. <laughs> wow. How many rates do you do a month? It's not month based actually. And not all of them are rate based. It's basically, it depends on the gravity of the situation. If the gravity is very high, then generally there are rates. Otherwise it's more or less a conversation with the unit. 
it may be on letter it may be on paper it may be through email it may be on in person that's how it is raids are rare it's only when there is like high gravity of like high amounts of taxivage and that raids happen have you been on a raid but i've been yeah i've been on like three four oh wow and are there like yeah. cops and police who go with you no so this is mostly white collar stuff right like gst as as opposed to income tax where like where the direct person is involved because it's an indirect tax so it's white collar it's all very polite and nice sometimes there is though sometimes yeah. there it is when we uh, but you know ऑफ़ What? That's a that is why the, is the public. The government. It it is public. A lot of oh, people. I have no clue. <laughs> oh wow! And so you get a lot of like tips through this this program. Yes. Also, but now the universe, uh, the 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 tax universe is moving towards data analysis, like everything else is. So initially, I think in the previous fifteen twenty years, it would have been more informer based, like we say. but nowadays it's more like you know because there's a balance sheet available of a company there are their gst returns available their bank data is there with the financial authorities so there is always data analysis happening so we can always find who is you know doing hanky panky with their accounts so we are as a tax intelligence organization also moving towards data analysis more but information always helps <laughs> what's the most creative hanky panky you've seen uh, like one of somebody somebody do and you're like wow this is oh. like smart hanky panky <laughs> oh there are like hundreds of ways of doing it i won't tell you the smartest i'll tell you the most prevalent one which is the um, there's this new concept of fake billing in this country wherein people just give invoice because you can take credit on whatever invoices you are issuing Like if I am selling you something, whatever tax you pay me on it, I can take credit. You can take credit of it. So people are instead of actually having real invoices with like goods or services that have moved with it, they're just issuing invoices without any goods or services. So uh, that becomes a huge chain of fraudulent ITC. That's what we call it. So it 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 moves into hundreds and hundreds of crores of revenue loss to the government. And and they doing this because they get some kind of credit on the tax yes they they get commission mm. they get commission at the end of the chain there would be a real company who would just be benefiting from the itc so shell companies are created in the middle to inflate this amount it's just like you would say that you know show this purchase so that your income tax becomes lower or show oh, this yes, as yes, investment yes 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 similar thing Got very it, very parallel it. aspect in indirect taxation and in terms of sort of how much of like tax recovery your guys end up doing like what is the yeah. quantum of it annually right now which is not paid but you guys clamp down and you're like pay this okay 
Okay, so there are two types of cases. The, because we are uh, the the organization is very very specific to its work. We only have to take high value cases. We generally don't end up taking very low value cases. So it starts with the one or two CR at least mm, of, of evasion. Tax. It may of evasion. So in the 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 thing I described right now, fraudulent ITC, it crosses multiple like 50, 60, 100 crores sometimes. But for the other type of things where, you know, some people may be like doing misclassification or they would not be filing their returns or they would be filing wrong returns as opposed to what their correct uh, supply and everything would be. There it's like it ranges between like five lakhs to 500 crores. You never know. Yeah. Here also we don't have targets before you ask because there is no way of telling, right? That. So, so what does an average day look like? You wake up in the morning, you have your breakfast, you show up at work. What do you do in the whole day? So there are ongoing investigations at every office, at our office. So we are supposed to look into it. Some, if, we have, if we suspect that somebody is doing some sort of evasion, we would have asked for their documents. We would have collected their documents. We would be analyzing them. We would be in conversation with the unit about how much tax they've evaded, why they, they are sometimes justified that it's not okay. It's not 50 crores, it's 40 crores. And we say, okay, why is it not 40 and why is it 50? So that sort of investigations keep happening. So you're sitting like replying to emails, reading documents, like trying yes, to pick file work. Yeah. Okay. And sometimes when there is a new thing where we find out then there is raids, like this <laughs> belly. So then we sort of raid the party, collect things from them, collect their documents, analyze their data, all of that. Got it. Super fascinating. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds uh, more interesting <laughs> than actually <laughs> because break it down into each day, it's just file work. But it uh, is, I, I find it very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it requires application of mind. Mm. It requires application of law. So it requires reading and it requires like implementing. So I enjoy it. I enjoy the work. I enjoy the team that I work with, the group of very nice, very smart people. So that's fine. Like how is Amrita who's joined the service is very different from Amrita who was maybe back at H. Stephens. So if somebody ran into you today uh, from say yeah. college, how, how, how would they see you? What do you think is different between Amrita today versus Amrita? Uh, apart from the fact that you're now a civil servant, but like as a, as a, as a, as a person. That is amazingly difficult to answer, but yeah, maturity maybe. This job makes you mature very quickly because you are you're making decisions that actually affect people just like you know at the end of the day so you can't make decisions left right and center when you were in college you are just like you know you're not worried about what you're doing here if i'm sitting in office i am a more mature person i'm a more decisive person than i am otherwise i'm a more uh, quiet person because you know office teaches you not to speak too much you know and sort of it, it sort of brings a mental growth in you to deal because some situations you don't know what they are until time has passed so like today it may appear that this person is liable to i'm putting it very simply liable to pay five crores maybe and you behave with that person accordingly okay it's only five crores but you look at it further, 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 it may become 50 crores. So if you are very like, if, 
you have to be decisive and like uh, time taking at the same time you can't be uh, you can't be like i don't know flippant about things it's nothing that you can be flippant about in office because there's a huge level of accountability for your actions everything is in writing there's nothing i can do which is not in writing right so that right that document is going to remain for the entire period that i am in service and probably after that so i have to be very careful about uh, the decisions i take which is not true for life right i mean like you're not wondering whether okay i have to go out or not or i have to shift i don't know i don't know how to compare it to daily life but yeah i think the, the level the level of impact is like a significant magnitude higher uh then you know even if you're working mm. in a normal company or even if your own life like your own life affects you people around you but here yes. let's see like the small example you gave Strang- like, yeah strangers right so there's strangers yeah. and at the end of the day nobody is uh, uh in uh, so everybody is replaceable in government so tomorrow i get transferred the same thing that i am doing somebody else would be doing but uh, the only thing you can inject into it is a little bit of your personal touch how you can help somebody out how you can make this thing better how you can apply your mind better into making the documentation better or the filing better or the interaction with the your seniors and juniors and colleagues everybody better so but at the end of the day the work remains the same whether i do it or somebody else does it so that sort of makes you mature very fast that you know you are not indispensable so whatever you are doing might as well if you are trying to make a difference make it right now there's no point in you know holding on to it are, are there like certain principles like you you've laid for yourself and you follow because i i i'm getting a sense that you have some like not i won't say frameworks or mental models but given that you're making so many decisions and such important decisions like what i've actually seen people do this really well is they don't you know let their emotions get Into yeah. the and the only way to do it is you follow a framework, you follow a, like a, this mental model. So I'm curious to know if, if there are few you you know can think of in the top of your mind you applied maybe at work very often. No, so a little bit of emotion is important because uh, again you can't be a logical uh, robot about things, right? Because there is obviously people involved, people's lives involved in this. But I want to do. at least what i think i want to do and i'm trying to do is that i want to do the right thing in the kindest way possible so if there is somebody who has to pay up a certain amount or somebody who's owed a certain amount from the government it happens in the right way without it becoming a sort of like it, it happens in the kindest way that the law allows us to do because there are certain thing that the law tells you what to do that you know this has to be deposited or there has to be this there has to be this all of that is there so how much of it can there is no discretion left i think gst act is a new act right 2017 act there is hardly any discretion so there's no which is good for the services as a whole i am of the firm belief that there should be absolutely no discretion when it comes to the important decision making there is a law there is a prescribed way of doing it but wherever there is kindness possible wherever there is you know human touch possible i want to put that 
so that is all baki otherwise i will not compromise with my ethics is one thing that you know i there's no compromise in ethics that is the rule that is there in my head at all times or in my team that's part okay last question it sounds very like uh, no i'm sure it is man like I, i know it sounds all big and you're like oh really yeah, am, but, am i saying that but it's true you you probably yeah. apply this every day and i don't think you can survive mm-hmm. like just yeah. doing anything it sounds like the listening to myself sounds more like i'm being very like oh my god types but it's actually <laughs> not all of that at the end of the day you're just a person in a unit doing the work that you're supposed to do and then going yeah. home and then coming back and doing it again Yeah. yeah but it is it, it's an important it's important stuff you're doing so you don't don't discount that yeah yeah i want to <laughs> also last question if i question. don't think it's important i won't do it <laughs> i do think it's important yeah sorry i don't um, last question uh, before we end up all of this accounting uh this is out of my pure curiosity and this is this doesn't have to be you answering any kind of uh gst capacity but just your view mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. i'm a big crypto fan <laughs> and i think and I, i like do you do you invest in cryptocurrency do you buy bitcoin no no, no. i invest in do, do pf you, <laughs> do you talk about like crypto and like taxing crypto in, in your team like is it a like what will a conversation no so that would be a conversation at a much much senior level mm. so i am not party to it but i'm sure it might be happening do you think it should be taxed I think it's uh, yeah. I think it should be like why not? Yeah, but money is not taxed, right? Like if I give you five hundred rupees, it's not taxed. No, crypto, no, no. So I think I think like providing service crypto is not recognized right now in India. Is it recognized? Well, like, I, to be honest, I don't know. I don't know. The government yeah, keeps saying I'm yes and no. I'm also very. Yeah, but, I'm um, very confused about yeah. it. I don't. Crypto know. Crypto is the kind of thing like the way it's structured is governments can like they don't have the ability to stop it. um hmm. which is yeah, of course prob- yeah it's problematic for government because you know you can't control monetary policy basically if you have crypto yeah. around so i see the challenge yes. but as a tax as somebody who's trying to tax or thinking from a tax point of view crypto is great because everything is transparent everything is public knowledge to the whole world so yeah. theoretically taxing crypto is actually very very easy but um But yeah, like let's write a paper on it, Ruben. Yeah, why, why don't you? Why don't you? I will send it, it to my. <laughs> oh no, I, you have to like teach me. Oh, teach you. <laughs> I will. I will apply the. Yeah, actually, it is because I think if you see what's happening in the US, a lot of the government is trying to wrap their head against what to do with crypto. Right? It's an inevitable force. If you think of the market cap of crypto, two trillion dollars. So, I think we're way past wherein you're like yes or no, and I think India is sort of in that space wherein. This is big question mark. Like, what is India going to do? China has clearly banned it. The US is trying to figure their shit out, and then the second biggest democracy is us. So, yeah, I don't know if you had a thought, but, but yeah, I think no, from a tax point of view, something. It would be very interesting to look into all of this. So, yeah, although it's something that would be like decided at the very very senior level. I'm too junior for it, but I can always like look into. But I think it. one I thing think... which is cool, and I think as uh, what uh, at least what I see, I mean, very encouraging mm-hmm. in the US is. a lot of more people in government are taking interest to it so they will learn about yes. it they will understand it yes. so that they can yes. regulate it i feel eventually yes. you know regulation is okay um but if you regulation don't understand regulation is it, important then... yeah after understanding only you can regulate right the difference between money and normal money in crypto is the legal tender thing only so this legal tender thing angle that has to come into crypto somehow or 
the definition of money itself has to change i don't know what what is going to happen but yeah i think by the time we are like maybe like the next 20 30 years i'm very bullish on where that is going so uh, i don't know what's going to happen but it's going It'll to be, be good only i think something new happens it generally ends up either as a bubble or as a good thing yeah awesome i know we almost at the time amrita i usually ask all my guests actually you know before yeah. that two pieces of advice yeah. you have for yes. 19 year old amrita ah wow join coaching a year earlier maybe you would have gotten a better rank <laughs> oh no amrita did fine yeah no 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 uh, that's not it i'm very happy with where i am um to advise on um maybe be a little calmer in your approach to life like i was very hyper about things things should happen like fast and quickly be a little calmer and i don't know talk less i was a very talkative person <laughs> i look back on that time and i was a very talkative person talk less listen more basically talk less listen more not as to just be quiet listen to other people more you learn a lot better but yeah. i i i totally echo that uh mm-hmm. i also love this wherein you don't if something comes up in your mind doesn't mean mm-hmm. you have to say it out yeah exactly yes yes that's exactly what i meant that you know just because it's in your head it's not more important than what the other person is saying so listen first analyze it then talk back yeah that's very that's, good advice yeah awesome So as we wrap this Amrita what question do you have for me Ah are you a risk averse or a risk loving person Mm I don't know In terms of your life like not in terms of like you know money money is a different thing but in terms of your life So here's the thing I think in terms of like where I spend my time I would say I'm slightly more risky um mainly because I I don't I won't say I don't I wouldn't call myself a risky person but I want to try something new something different. Um yeah. and I, that's what I sort of strive for. But you asked me mm-hmm. to go bungee jumping, you asked me to go skydiving? Mm-hmm. Hell no. I'm like why would I do that? <laughs> why would I like put do something which would kill me? Am I crazy? So No no I didn't mean like that. I I meant the first thing that you yeah. answered. Yeah, that the way I think about risky or maybe I I get classified as risky is I'm always sort of pursuing something new and different. um yeah and that ends up you know leading me do doing things which are maybe not standard or not you know what is what most people are doing um so you can mm. call it risky but yeah i don't really call it risky um yeah and there's the school thing i i spent a lot of time thinking about it uh and i was talking mm. to anthony about this about you know things being dangerous versus things being scary um yeah so yeah. like a lot of things i do may seem scary but they actually not dangerous So they're like you know risk. starting a company or like trying to do a podcast or whatever like you know people like oh yeah. what a big risk yes it's a risk mm. but it's not going to harm you whereas yes. like skydiving mm. is scary <laughs> and dangerous <laughs> so i don't do dangerous oh God, things yes. but i yeah. try to sort of do things which may seem scary uh, to two people mm. even to so me so you're not a fan of the comfort zone oh uh, no 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 uh, no yeah i, I get bored in comfort where, zone uh i think that's where you and i would differ yeah a lot i was huge fan of the comfort zone it sounds yeah. very boring but my no i think yeah. i think it is so that's i feel like one thing is what i realized in terms of comfort zone and this was i experienced from nevasa right um at nevasa we were all in um uh, trying to build nevasa that means all our finances all our time 
was completely 100% in it. Um, and in retrospect, that wasn't a very good uh, approach um, because, because that was not going well, you know, our full lives were like, you know, whatever. So the way I like the way like, I think about stuff now is, you know, even if I'm trying to start a new company, I'm making sure that I have some amount of savings. If I'm trying to do this, you know, there is like a safety net. Um, versus like, yes, I'm just comfort go. zone as compared to safety net. Yes. So big fan of safety, the big safety fan net. of safety net. Yeah. But you know, comfort zone, that, you can move in and out. Correct. And I think most people who, I think when they say I, I like being in my comfort zone, I think they're technically saying I, I like having a strong yes. safety net. Yes, um, yes, yes. And then, you know, I'll yeah. sort of experiment and, and push my bounds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, beyond like there are certain things that people like to experiment with and then certain things that they don't. So that differs for everybody. But yeah. So I, I, I wouldn't call myself risky, but uh, yeah, I do yeah. love safety nets and I do love trying new things. Um, yeah. So you're not risk averse, but you're not risk loving either. <laughs> that, that's a good, that's a good, way to put it. That's a yeah. good way to put it. Yeah. I'm not risk loving, uh, but I'm not risk averse mm -hmm. either. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Cool. Life. Amrita, yeah. thank you so much for making time to do this. I'm sure you're a very, very busy person. And now with uh, the jab, <laughs> you're going to be a sick person tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I'm more worried about the sickness. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, but yeah, thank you so much for making time to do this. And yeah, thank and you so for answering all me. my questions. It was yes. very, very enlightening. Thank you so much, Ruben. This was great fun. I learned things about myself I didn't know. Really? <laughs> When you describe yourself, you end up learning things that go on in the back of your mind. So yeah, this was good. Cool. Thanks so much for doing this and we shall wrap. And that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the podcast. If you've been enjoying these conversations, please leave us a review. You can review us on Apple Podcast or any of your podcast players. If on Spotify, just go follow us. If you've enjoyed this ad-free experience, it's because we don't have any sponsors. But if you'd like to support the show, you can now buy us a coffee. You can find the link in the show notes below. I upload new episodes every Saturday, not Friday, and I'll see you in the next one.